Hello, wonderful person. I'm Cindy James. Welcome to Prosperity on the Go. Hello. This is the Power of September, featuring Earth, Wind, and Fire, Prit TV, Vayu, and Agni in Sanskrit. Do you remember? The 21st night of September? I really don't. But love was changed in the mind of pretenders while chasing the clouds away. Oh my, our hearts were ringing in the keys that our souls were singing as we danced in the night. Oh, remember how the stars stole the night away? Oh my goodness, wonderful people. I don't know a time in my life that I've ever heard that song, no matter what was going on. Death, mayhem, joy, wonder, that that didn't increase the the joy in my life, lift me up. And I think that song by Earth, Wind, and Fire is universally loved. I'm sure there's people that don't like that. Maybe they don't like that type of music, but I think it'd be hard to find them. So as we move into really letting ourselves receive the power of September and the gifts of this month, no matter where you are on the planet, Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, equa- Equator, <laughs> Equator, I almost said Equahemisphere. Let's just take a deep breath and let ourselves receive the power of September, where love was change in the mind of pretenders. Oh, isn't that so wonderful? I tell you, I don't think I actually knew the words of the song other than the 21st of September until I read them for this podcast. And I'm so glad I did. It makes so much more sense why this song not only just sounds good, but why the words are just so amazing too. I mean, to be able to have the the soul and the stars and the hearts and the minds of pretenders being changed by love. Wow. What, what possibility there is for us. Thank you, members of that band. Well, I just paused this recording because I don't actually know who the members of the band are, and I thought I wanted to acknowledge them. Well, it turns out there's like 40 plus people that have been in Earth, Wind, and Fire. But according to Wikipedia, Philip Bailey, who started in 1972 and took a little hiatus, is still there. Verdon White, Ralph Johnson, uh, B. David Whitworth, Myron McKinley, John Paris, Philip Doran Bailey, Morris O'Connor, Serge Dimitri Javek, and many other people. Morris White was an original member of the band and um, skedaddled to the other side in 2016. And there's so many more on and on and on. And um, I'm so grateful to them because they did such a great job and still are inspiring me and others. So for this podcast about September, I find with this month, there's many more interesting and maybe just frivolous and meaningless factoids about September than other months. And of course, there's very meaningful things as well. But I want to share some of them with you. Ah, Taking deep breaths as we explore the, the history of September. September we know now is the ninth month of our year. But if you've been following my Power of the Month series, you know that it was originally the seventh month because January and February did not exist and they were not recorded. It was just like this wasteland of time 
because nothing having to do with the harvest was happening in January and February. It wasn't time to plant, it wasn't time to maintain and nurture, and it wasn't time to harvest. So it's just a time of great rest, I might imagine, or just trying to stay alive when there wasn't any active food to be had. So the root of September comes from the number seven. Uh, the old English is septembre. Uh, the French is pronounced the same way, but maybe we'll do it with the French actum, septembre. And um, the directly from the Latin is um, septum, meaning seven. And so what I think is so amazing is that each one of these months usually have some Roman god named after them. And the Roman god that infuses the month of September from back in the day is the Roman god Vulcan. And the Roman god Vulcan was a fiery god, the god of fire. And um, I wondered whether Star Trek, um, I think it was Gene Roddenberry who was the creator of Star Trek, whether he knew that the Vulcan Roman god of fire was, um, was something when he made Vulcans and Mr. Spock and all of that. I don't think so because in Star Trek, Vulcans really are emotionless. And I think there's a lot of fire having to do with emotion. So that's my little thought about that. So thank you, Vulcan. It's also the Roman god um, was called Vulcan because September can be a very hot month. I remember when I was in law school, and this was October, walking to law school from my apartment with my roommate and best friend in law school, Colleen speaking, as my dad would call her because whenever she answered the phone, she said, Colleen speaking. And us walking, it took about a half an hour to get to school from our apartment. And this was our first year of law school. We had no car. We had no furniture. We um, trash surfed for, um, we got a couch with no cushions. We used cardboard boxes as side tables. We found a lawn chair. My Aunt Sharon, who's since skedaddled to the other side, found a dresser on the side of the road and we painted it. And um, we didn't get a car for a while. She got a car, but we would have to walk to class. And sometimes we would make lists of things that bothered us. And one of them, I so clearly remember, I don't know what the date it was, but it was writing this on the refrigerator in this apartment complex. Uh, what I didn't like was that it was 92 degrees on, let's say, October 19th and having to walk to school in that kind of energy. So the heat can be a thing. There's some cool um, words, I think, that... The old English words for seven are kind of cool. Um, and the, the old German and, I mean, old Frisian. Do you know even what this means? F-R-I-S-I-A-N. So that's some sort of dialect. And it's Samhain or Sigun means seven. And Swedish is Shuj. I don't say it right. S-J-U. Danish is S-Y-V, Siv. Norse is S-J-A-U. I think that's pretty cool. And I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that. Dutch is Zeven with a Z. Old High German is Sibun or S-I-B-U-N. And on and on and on. And in Welsh, which I have a lot of Welsh in me, <laughs> sounds sexual, um, is Saith, S-A-I-T-H. And of course, Seven, if, you're, if you've heard anything uh, crunchy and spiritual. Seven, there's the seven chakras. There's also the seven wonders of the world. There were the seven dwarfs. Seven has to do, it's a number of completion. It's the number of the days of the week. We multiply our, our, our year by sevens. And it's, um, 
It's really, really cool. And here's another thing about September that I didn't know, and honestly, my um, mind isn't really processing it very well, but September and December always start on the same day of the week, but they end on different days of the week. Now, if you have a mind that can figure that kind of stuff out, I mean, I believe it. I mean, I've read it. I believe it. It's not controversial, um, but I don't understand exactly how that can happen. If you remember me telling stories about when the the Roman calendar changed to the Julian calendar that's changed to the Gregorian calendar, um, originally September had all, you know, there was different days for everything, but in order to accommodate a change in days and calendar in 1752, the British Empire skipped 11 days of September between the 2nd and the 14th. It's just like poof, because we can do whatever we want. Time is a measurement as well of our consciousness, not an actual thing. It's a construct of creation. And um, the Anglo-Saxons also called September Gerstmonath, which means barley month. It was when the barley crop was harvested and a particularly tasty and alcoholic drink was made out of that. So I think that's pretty interesting too, although Oktoberfest gets all the beer, but barley month was apparently a thing as well. Um, here's some more, more modern day factoids. September is National Happy Cat Month. Aw, Happy Cat Month. I have a grand kitty. Her name is Hope. hope a lope Hopey. All sorts of names for little Hope. And she's a precious little black cat that my daughter got, I think two years ago. Um, she was fostering, she decided she wanted to foster cat. So her now adopting Hope, it's called a foster care, a foster care fail. Aw, but the best kind of fail because that is such, she's such a sweet little kitten. And you know, with cats, they can be as aloof as they wanna be. And it's really sweet. Um, to have the experience of a cat that wants to actually nuzzle you. Of course, when she wants to nuzzle, there's no forcing that. I mean, you, can, you can't even lead a cat to water. Maybe you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it a drink, but you can't even lead a cat to water. They have to want to do it. So happy National Happy Cat Month to Hope. We also have on September 13th, Kids Take Over the Kitchen Day in the U.S., that seems like something Food Network might have come about to make some sort of contest about. And let me just digress about Food Network. I so loved, first of all, watching PBS and Lydia Cooks and specifically watching it on Saturdays with my grandmother when we were together and we would get inspired for something to make. I remember when I had only had fried calamari and that even when that first came out, I had that at the North Side Inn, I think in Red Bank, New Jersey, when I was in high school or summer from college. And fried calamari was like, Hallelujah, hallelujah. I didn't quite understand what it was, but it tasted really great. But I remember my grandmother and I watching Lydia, this Italian um, cook on PBS, making some sort of cold calamari salad. And she and I going to the grocery store to get the ingredients and making it and how delicious it was and how much we enjoyed that. My grandmother used to spend a lot of weekends with me and my family growing up. Uh, my grandfather skedaddled to the other side on May 5th of 1990. That day, also Cinco de Mayo, and actually the birthday of my sister-in-law Janice, who has since skedaddled to the other side. Um, that day, I remember my friends were having an engagement party for my ex-husband and I in the city of Philadelphia. And 
it was in an apartment complex in the in the party room of one of my friends who I was a a young lawyer with and he was like such a wonderful friend of mine back in the day his name is Tim still is because he's still in the body and one of my favorite songs um, well actually two of my favorite songs at that era of my life and I still love and actually put them on the other day one is the romantics what I like about you and the other is love shack by the b-52s and I remember leaving my grandfather he was on I guess what was called hospice back then I don't remember that terminology in their home and in Pennsylvania and was filling up with fluid from congestive heart failure and I remember talking to my grandfather in the the days before that and this is what I experienced with my grandfather's end of life has been a catalyst for how I have lived the rest of my life. And so it was a few days before he skedaddled or his soul dropped his body or he took his last breath as him, as Francis. I came into the bedroom and I said, I called him dad die. I made up names for my grandparents when I was like four, dad die and grandmere. Little did I know that grandmere was actually French. I'm like, joie de vivre. I'm like, John Aston Aston was the original actor in the Adams family, um, uh, Gomez Adams. Whenever Morticia would speak French, he would go mm, 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 and just go nuts and kiss up her arm. I feel that way. I believe that French um, vibrates at the level of at least my genitals. And I always get pleasure when I hear that. So in any event, we're going back to my grandfather and I just remembered I dreamt about him the other day and a dear friend of mine who I went to Paris with, who we are um, cousins by agreement, not by birth. She sent me a picture from her family that had my grandmother, my grandfather and my aunt with her family when they were very young. It was so sweet to see that. Um, So my grandfather was at the end of his life. He got rheumatic fever when he was very young and had heart issues. He was the first person to get a pig valve at the NIH National Institute of Health. I believe it was in the 70s. And it was, I mean, it was really a big deal to be able to repair his heart with that. He would frequently joke. I mean, that man was a saint personified and funny and witty and quiet, but came out with great things. But every once in a while, he would just wink and say it was his heart at work. So his heart, pig valve and all, was getting ready to uh, stop beating. And he was still speaking. And I said, how are you doing today, Dad? I And he said, well, people tell me I look great. You look great, Frank. You look great. He goes, but I'm dying. And I just, he looked at me and I looked at him. You know, so many people don't talk to their loved ones about the fact that they're going to die for whatever reason. It's not right or wrong. Um, Maybe it's our own uncomfortability with talking about it. Um, But what I saw in that moment with him is not only was he going to die or his soul was going to drop his body but he had to do that alone because the people that weren't about to drop their body couldn't tolerate that couldn't tolerate feeling that and looking into someone's eyes with the depth of the feeling of completing the lifetime and i made a vow to myself and from that moment forward including talking to my grandfather i talk openly with people about when they're going to leave. I say this over and over again. This is, I would say, if I were going to quote myself, this is a quote from me. Death is not the last act of a cruel or absent God. It's simply a change of state.
And I said, well, Dad, I think you look horrible. And I think you look like you're going to die. And how are you feeling about that? And our eyes locked. This is one of those moments when you live from the present moment, which I didn't even know that concept back in May 5th of 1990. I'm sure I'd heard of it, but I didn't know to live like that. And we all do it anyway, because it's just our true nature. But I remember looking at him laying in that bed. It had one of those old fashioned whitish creamish comforters that have the little it's like thin cotton but it has little balls on it and um, an old-fashioned mahogany bed that had pineapples carved into the the top of it i think my friend amel has that bed now and um and i remember just looking at him and him looking at me and i just said i love you so much and he said i love you and i climbed in next to him careful because the he was in pain. When you fill up with your body, limbs fill up with fluid. There's there's pain to be had there in the body. And, um, and I remember just my hand lightly on his arm and just breathing, trying to maintain my own breath as he struggled for his. So on May 5th of 1990, I was dancing to those songs after having left him to go to this engagement party and everyone was saying, you've got to go to it, you've got to go to it. And by that point, he was not conscious. And I remember driving from the suburbs of Philadelphia into Philadelphia to this party and the surrealness of dancing to what I like about you and love Shaq and really dancing. I love dancing. I love this quote from Margaret Krask. Um, she said that she realized after dancing with Meher Baba when he flew her around the room, I believe they were in Portofino, Italy, she realized at that moment that dance was, is, and will always be part of God. And so dance and moving my body to rhythm is it's just a, it's a core value of mine, actually. And um, I don't think it's right or wrong. It doesn't have to be everyone's core value, but it was mine. So I was still dancing. And I remember thinking, like, how can I be dancing right now? But I still danced. And after, I think it was after Love Shack, I went to my then fiance, now former ex-husband. <laughs> that was a double negative. Former husband. And I said, I've got to call back and see how Dadai's doing. And I said, I've got to call now. And he went and got my friend Tim. It was his apartment complex. So we were going up to his um, apartment to call. And when I went to go make the call, that's when they both told me that my grandfather had actually taken his last breath, I think, before the party had actually started. And they were, they told, just go, you know, have fun. Don't tell Cindy until afterwards. I was not so happy about that at the time. Um, but I'm so glad that I got to dance and celebrate the potential of, of love at that with um, my my friends. It was a friend party, mostly friends from law school and new lawyering. And um, yeah, it was a it was a great way. I had a, a great life. Still do, by the way. I don't know how this what this has to do with September. <laughs> Anywho, it made total sense to be telling this story. So um, 
We had, oh, it was I, something about my grandmother and cooking. So we'll go back to, uh, this is my favorite part about September. And I don't actually know why, because it seems, um, it seems like I shouldn't really love this, but it's on September 19th is Talk Like a Pirate Day. I don't know, maybe it's Talk Like a Pirate Day. It's September 19th, of course. And I think it's fun to talk like a pirate. I mean, when I was growing up, I would, for for a Halloween, my, we didn't buy costumes. There was no Halloween costume land or party city or anything like that. I was either what I called a hobo, which is probably very politically incorrect right now, it was a homeless person. I would dress up like a cat, which just meant I drew whiskers and wore all black. And the other thing that I like to do is dress up like a pirate because you could wear one earring, big earring, big hoop earring and wear, you know, make a make do patch on your eye. And, um, you know, the whole thing you could usually, we could do that from the wardrobe that we had. But when I thought about what pirates are, we romanticize pirates. I mean, Johnny Depp and all the pirate movies and the Pirates of the Caribbean in Disney World. I've been on that ride. I don't really enjoy it so much, except it's a cooler part of, of Disney when it's very hot. Um, but pirates actually do some hideous kind of things to people. And piracy, by the way, in September, here's another factoid. I think it was Kennedy signed in a piracy act. I'm scrolling through my notes to find that. Yeah, on September 5th, 1961, President John F. Kennedy signed a hijacking bill making air piracy a federal crime. The punishment was $10,000 to 20 year in prison. And if a deadly weapon was used, you could receive life or even death. I was not alive then and I don't remember exactly. I'm sure there were some hijackings that made him sign that into a line. But piracy then really is taking something that belongs to someone else in an illegal manner. And whatever we call legal and illegal, it's just what we agree, by the way. But I love this talking like a pirate day. Um, and maybe it's just like tongue in cheek, the good and the bad, the yes and the no, the right and the wrong are all plays of creation. And we can play being bad. We can play being a pirate. And I guess it's fun. I really don't know what the, uh, the moral underpinning of this particular thing is with being a pirate. But I intend to, I talk like a pirate already today, even before talking to you all. And this is September 1st. I'm recording this on a September day. And I intend to talk like a pirate on September 19th. And I, I believe more shall be revealed. I have a dear friend of mine. She says that all the time, whenever there is something that is um, troublesome or painful or whatever it might be, just with great spiritual conviction, more shall be revealed. More shall be revealed, Cindy. More shall be revealed, wonderful person. Hey, here's a cool thing about September. Uh, the Big Dipper has seven stars. And if you followed my new moon ignition for August of 2022, I shared with everyone a, a very old healing that I learned originated on the steppes, the plains of Mongolia, where the Big Dipper pours cosmic purifying nectar into your crown. Pretty, pretty cool. All right, and here's the, the end of the word, uh, September, the B-E-R. The last four months of the year, September, October, November, December, all have that. And it's um it's just some sort of, what's the opposite of a prefix? Oh, it's a suffix that, that 
that, that language is put on. So in the Northern Hemisphere, um, September 22nd-ish marks the beginning of the fall season. And in the Southern Hemisphere, it begins the spring. Ah, fall, ah, spring, ah, the equinoxes, ah, the equal light and dark. I think that's a pretty cool thing. My brother, Stephen, really loved the solstices and the equinoxes. And I don't remember now which one, when you put an egg outside on the ground, that it stands up straight. I think it's probably an equinox. So the gravitational pull keeps the egg standing upward, not falling side to side like a weeble. Are you old enough to remember weebles? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. It was just a fascinating little toy based after an egg when I was younger. It makes sense to me that it would be the equinox. Here's another story from Cindy Lou. I went to the Galapagos with an old friend of mine. I think it was like in 2003. And it, we were going to be, we, we flew into Ecuador, you know, the equator. And then we took a boat out into the the ocean, to the Pacific Ocean, where there was no land around and then came upon the group of the Galapagos Islands. And there was going to be points in this journey where we were going to cross the equator. And as you know, the way that water swirls down a drain is different depending on what hemisphere you're on. The northern hemisphere, it swirls one way and and specifically in a sink or a toilet, which is where we would know it. And in the southern hemisphere, it swirls another way. And so she and I wanted to experiment to see what happens when you're directly over the equator. So we were so excited as we were approaching crossing the equator and we left the common room and we went into one of the public bathrooms on this not so big boat. It housed like 88 people. I d died 10,000 seasickness deaths on that tour. Um, but at that point I was having uh, the ship's doctor give me Benadryl by a shot into my buttocks. And I remember thinking, I'm saying to him, trying to say in Spanish, because of course Spanish speaking is like, I didn't know that Benadryl could be delivered intramuscularly as he was doing that, but I would have done anything to help me with the nausea, which it actually did, by the way. So we filled a sink in the bathroom with water. And as the ship captain started to announce that we were crossing the equator, we um, removed the plug to watch what would happen to the water. And I want to tell you, the water did not swirl. It went straight down. Fascinating about magnetism and poles. Our body has a charge like that too. If you if you follow the, especially what Joe Dispenza is doing right now or what he's, he's talking about, and if you are following and a student of any ancient and esoteric teachings around the energy field of the body, I study a very ancient um, uh, modality and practice with just tons of teachings. But you come to find that your body has this positive and negative charge and the energy field that comes out of your body does come up like a geyser and a fountain and comes around you circularly and then comes back up through your feet and root in 360 degree directions. So it's it's really fascinating that the cosmos and your body are one and the same. And that which makes you the eternal you is the energy that gets to play in this creation. Hmm. Which leads me into the segue of the forget-me-not. So forget the eternal me-not. The forget-me-not is one of the three flowers of September. 
I love forget-me-nots. I just think that's so beautiful. There's a, a Catholic hymn, and when I was part of um, Inner Source Healing, we would do this at our retreats or at some of our classes in like a universal dance of peace. But the, the hymn goes something like this. Ah, truck going by, if you can hear it outside. All I ask of you is forever to remember me as loving you. All I ask of you is forever to remember me as loving you. I'm feeling that love right now. For all of the people not in the body or not in relationship. Oh, isn't that the sweetest thing? It's actually the truth too. I always say that everyone loves everyone. It's impossible not to. It's our nature. It's what it's what enlivens us. It's what our soul is made of. It's what our eternal self is made of. And the energy of love, um, love in motion is light. We have this light body and we're connected to everyone and everything by these beams of light. What happens is we don't always get to enjoy it because of the sanskaras or the the bindings that go over these beams and that seem, seem to sever the natural connection and get all fraught with unhealthy attachment or a repulsion. But let's forget me not. Forget, let's not forget that we're infinite sparks of all that is love and we might not like someone else and we may not be able to ever be in relationship with them because they've, in the body, because they've either skedaddled or for whatever reasons having to do with their own choice or our own choices. But let's never forget that love is imperishable and indestructible. It is eternal. It has no beginning and it has no end. It just is. <sighs> so there's two other flowers. There's the morning glory, which represents love. Oh, isn't that wonderful? But it said in one thing that it also represents unrequited love. I don't think there's anything such thing as unrequited love. I, again, because I think that love is just ever-present, indestructible. But there's unrequited like, and there's unrequited relationships, and there's unrequited admiration, and there's unrequited attention, and there's unrequited caring. And I think the morning glory representing that to me in this moment just means that there's hope for another day. There's hope to know that what other people do, or even what we do to them, for them not to take it personally and us not to take it personally, that love exists and that we can be secure in that love. Also, the aster is the third flower. What I know asters to be is those plants that you can buy at like Produce Junction, one of these um, markets that sell a lot of fruits and vegetables at discount, and, and regular stores like Acme. Whenever I say that, I want to add the secret, sacred syllable that my grandmother and many people from the Philadelphia area would add, the acme. And asters last forever. Not forever, but they just, you can cut those flowers and they will just stay alive for a very long time. And they're generally um, not very expensive. 
See, I told you there were a lot of factoids about September. I'm not even done yet. Sapphires is the, the sapphire is the birthstone of September. And it's said to, that stone is said to represent the wisdom of like the infinite intelligence, the gods. It's the energy of purity and of trust. That color sapphire also has to do with the upper chakras, the ones of, of what can be called Buddhic consciousness, the, the third eye, the eternal eye, the eyes that see in and see us as we really are. And um, I think that's pretty cool. I'm going to go on to a few more things about September. There's two um, zodiac signs, Virgo and Libras in September. You know, you're either going to be a Virgo or a Libra, depending whether you're born in the beginning of the month before September 23rd or after that. And Virgos, and in the energy of Virgo, uh, whether you're born in this month or not, you have that as part of your energetic structure to be drawn from and to enjoy. And there's a lot of discipleship and organization and preparing yourself for the dreams that you are launching that can happen with Virgo. And Virgo also has a sense of wanting to contribute to the greater good and are loyal people. And Libra energy is very harmonious and diplomatic, intelligent and kind. So let's inhabit those energies too that are gifted from the interpretation of the cosmos. In September 25th, 1690, the first newspaper ever to be put in print in the U.S., and which was in Boston, was published, and it was called Public Occurrences, Both Foreign and Domestic. And what I love about this is public is spelled with I-C-K at the end, L-I-C-K, and domestic is with S-T-I-C-K at the end. So very old English. Um, however, it, the British didn't like it very much and put a stop to it right away. Ah, uh, ah, colonialism and all of the, uh, I'll try and lighten it up, dastardly and nefarious things that we humans do when we don't know that we are enough and we colonize. I mean, Jesus, I mean, destroy and take over other human beings. Part of the reason that I have launched Prosper Plus the app and the programs and have launched the Galactic Council of Women, All Genders Welcome, and all of the things that are coming from it, the books that I'm writing, Money is a Feminine Force, maybe you're listening to that even after it's been published, or children's books about understanding the the pain that their, their families suffer around lack, is that there is no such thing as lack. And when we use our imagination in the current of feeling scarcity, human beings will do things like going to other countries and taking them over and killing them or capturing them and bringing them back, anyone that survives. I mean, that is the imagination that is so put into the negative current. And I am devoted to helping myself and others bring the imagination into the current that brings this harmony, this kindness, this abundance, this prosperity. That it's only from the force, the God force, the creative force called imagination channeled into the belief that there's not enough, like what goes on with money, that would cause anyone to really act in that way and have those act be sustainable for decades, centuries, and millennium, millennia. I don't know what the plural of that is, as we are doing. I feel very profound about that. 
Speaking of money, September, there's this thing called the September effect in more modern day finances. And it's a historically weak stock market return. And some people believe it's because people are selling their holdings to lock in the gains um, for the end of the year. And others think they're selling off to pay for tuitions. Oh my God, tuition. That's going to be a whole nother subject. I have such an issue with tuition. And um, September also is the beginning when mutual fund companies start to pay distributions, which can trigger some selling, it's said. And if you're listening to this in September of 2022, since the stock market has already done even um, more than usual September-like uh, downtrends and, and recession-like energy, there is some hope in the financial world because I follow the financial world. I believe it's very important if for anyone that wants to have all their needs met plus, and I always say our needs already include enjoyment and travel and whatever it is we really like. Our needs are our base needs plus those needs to be able to take care of ourselves in any way we want and to be able to travel and see the world and get massages. I, I mean, if you want that, I do. But the plus is also service, how to uplift everyone and everything. And then getting back to my point with that is that um, it said that we might have already had that downturn. So hopefully September will not bring that. Time shall tell. September 26th is the most common birthday for people in the UK in the past two decades. And it is thought, although what is there's no actual proof of this, is that more people are born in the US on a September day than any other calendar month of the year. And counting back actual nine months, maybe it has to do with the winner, snuggle, snuggle, sex, sexes, sex, sexes, sex, sex. All right, just a few more people. If there's just such abundance in September. Labor Day is a well-known holiday in September. National um, Grandparents Day is observed in the United States on the first Sunday after Labor Day. Constitution Day in the U.S. is observed on the 17th. Native American Day is always celebrated on the fourth Friday of September. I want to really celebrate that. You know, September can hold Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. I believe it always holds Rosh Hashanah. I don't know when Yom Kippur and the Jewish faith comes, but I'm very, always very touched by Yom Kippur and the beginning of this, or not the beginning of, but the experience of seeking atonement, of apologizing. In the recovery world, the ninth month of September is that about making amends. Before that time, you, you make a list, you become willing to make amends, and then you make amends to whoever it is you've harmed. If, if that actual reaching out in that conversation won't cause more harm to yourself or others. And since I live in the land called the United States of America, I want to remember the month of September and, um, and make more conscious amends to, it's the Lenape Native Americans that inhabit the land and inhabited the land where I live right now with, and I want to thank them and apologize and let's all move forward. Let's uh, know what we need to know and move forward without bindings. All right, September 5th is National Cheese Pizza Day. I'm sure sponsored by the Pizza Association of America, assuming there is one. September 9th, National Teddy Bear Day, maybe started by Build-A-Bear or what were those little bears that my kids had 10,000 of? Well, I don't remember what it was. You might know, but those 
little bears. I mean, a small fortune in those. National 16th or September 16th is National Play-Doh Day, surely <laughs> done by the Play-Doh people. Um, and let's see what else I'm scrolling through. Oh, here's something so wonderful. On September 22nd, 1862, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States at the time, issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which proclaimed to end slavery in the territories held by the Confederacy. It was effective January 1st, 1863. Civil War went on for at least another year and a half after that. Um, but the beginning of consciousness that still needs a lot more raising and, and change. Um, on September 14, 1901, President of the United States William McKinley was shot um, while attending the Buffalo Pan-American Exposition in New York. Actually, he was shot on September 6th and died eight days later. On September 1st, 1969, in the early morning hours, Hitler invaded, Pol invaded Poland, starting World War II in Europe. Ugh, that was awful and still has reverberations. Let's enlighten that. I always think about what Hitler's motive was with that and the continuum of evil. I have, as if you know me, you know that I have studied the nature of evil and have participated in and facilitated for more than a decade a forum from a book called Fear No Evil which is a method of transforming the lower self. And, it, you know, there's this quote in the book that says something like, you are not evil and I'm not evil, yet evil exists in the world. How is that possible? And what we come to find out that evil exists on a continuum and evil is or results from numbing ourselves off from what we truly are. And the worst form of that numbing off, and it's, it's a very... Um, it's a very intricate, but also predictable process once you study and understand the human psyche, is that we will get to a point that life is so dissatisfying that we will set up an idealized self or a mask self or a hip hypocrite self. And we decide that if we can meet certain standards or those around us can meet certain standards, then we'll finally feel the love that we long for. And that in spiritual terms is called the idealized self not to be confused with ideals or energies, our goals. It's a, it's a, a term of art in um, spiritual psychology. And so what I think what Hitler was doing with the Aryan race, like whatever his karmic load was, which was, was and is intense, wherever that being is, he was trying to affect the perfect race, the Aryan race, and take over and assuage whatever demons prayed in him and did it with great energy. Uh, he was a studier and had his, his high top level scientists and whoever it was study the energy world. And that's why the German shoulders wore, and including him, the swastika. The swastika is sticker, not er. Um, is actually a Buddhist symbol that has to do with the third eye. And when the spokes of that symbol are going in one direction, they open the third eye so you can see your true self as one with all. And when it goes in the other direction, it has the effect of closing it. So Hitler had those armbands and those flags with the symbol that would close the third eye. I mean, isn't that amazing? 
And so, yes, everyone has individual responsibility, but he was a master at energy. Someone with that kind of wanting to create a perfect race by mass genocide has to have a great ability to be able to manipulate energy and people's consciousness. And I say someone with that same viewpoint that doesn't know how to master energy is wreaking havoc in their, their town and in their family, but can't affect on a global scale what he did. And the, uh, I mean, I know this is a trite term, but let's lighten up. Death is not the last act of a cruel or absent God. And if Viktor Frankl could find the experience of the infinite bliss of the oneness in a concentration camp in the worst conditions, then we can make some lemonade out of the lemons, although that's really dissing lemons because lemons are alkalizing and really good for you and probably better than when you put the sugar in. But let's just know that we then, one person connected to the truth of their source can impact the whole world. As a matter of fact, Abraham Hicks, um, the body of wisdom that's channeled through Esther Hicks, says that one person connected to source is more powerful than 10 million who aren't. And if Hitler could affect that, on the, wor on the world and on the people that he dominated psychically and and all, you know, physically and all that. Imagine what you can do connected to your infinite power to radiate the truth of love and kindness and harmony and prosperity plus. Mm. We're, and by the way, we're doing it right now. And there's September 11th, 2001 when the Twin Towers were, uh, what can we say? Everybody knows that. I don't need to say the words of that. I can tell you what I was doing at the time. I had gotten my older two children to elementary school and I was taking my third child to preschool. And I had come home and it was about 9.30 in the morning and I had um, a baby at the time. My youngest was born in March of 2001 and he was hungry david now identifies as they but i still use he i don't know what the right term is yet when i'm referring to that time but I'll, I'll, i'm going to do my best and i sat down and i put on i think it was still regis and kathy lee that, that talk show that is now kelly ripa and whoever she's with today i don't watch much of that anymore and i popped him on the boob and there was the breaking news and at that moment, live time, I watched the second plane crash into the second tower. And by the ton, time I was done nursing him, um, I mean, there was so much that was being known at that point. And I remember calling my dad after watching the towers fall. And my dad, I'm like, dad, dad. And he said, I know they hit the towers. And I said, no, Dad, the towers are gone now. They don't exist anymore. Ugh, God bless everyone. By the way, Flight 77, when we're in the seventh month, was the one that crashed into the Pentagon. I always think of that term from the fourth plane that was headed for the White House, that um, the last words from, from the people before they hung up with their loved ones was, let's, let's roll. Let's give our lives and... Um, I mean, I guess they probably knew they were likely to, to die, but let's make sure that we offer our lives and we have a legacy. 
And that's, that's what I'll bring this to with all of this. There's a lot of mental thoughts come when listening to all of this. But I will say to you in the month of September, in the energy of those that have lost their lives through whether it's idealization or ignorance or violence or in the service of those people on Flight 93, United Air 93, let's roll. What's your legacy to be? What do you want your legacy to be? How do you want to channel the energy of your imagination and the power of September, the power of all of these things? And again, I think I'll bring it back to talking like a pirate. How can you go rogue and unconventional? But just in the sense of unconventional is really just going against the accepted norm. And when the accepted norm becomes highly delusional, like there's not enough for every child to eat, and there's not enough for every person to be educated and every gender and every race and every religion. I mean, when it, when it, when that is the delusion, let's become pirates and let's go find the real treasure, the real treasure of the infinite supply of the universe. And let's find our own creative imaginative ways to dress up and to talk and to enjoy and bring in a new age through the energy of determined, focused, fluid, lots of paradoxes here, joy. Dear wonderful people, dear wonderful person, happy September, happy power of September, and may all your dreams come true plus. Love, power, and blessings. Mwah. If you enjoyed this episode, wonderful person, and you'd like to share the love, the power, and the possibilities, please post about it on social media and share it with your people. I'd really appreciate that. 